Farm Talk on CFRU 93.3 FM. Welcome to another edition of Food Farm Talk where we celebrate food and honor those who champion the cause of food in society. Welcome to Food Farm Talk on CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph and on podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Anchor. We're broadcasting here from the treaty lands of the Mississauga, the Credit First Nation of the Anishinaabek Nation. The lands we now call Guelph have been home to the Attawandron, Haudenosaunee, and Anishinaabe people over the millennia. Today, many First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people live and learn here, like myself as a citizen of the Métis Nation. I'm Paul Smith, and I'll be a guest host on a series of shows on farm sustainability uh, on Food Farm Talk. These shows will be about the many different aspects of farm sustainability. I'm going to draw on my experience of working on these issues for almost two decades. So what is farm sustainability? Today we're going to introduce that topic on a general level. Over the series, we're going to dig deep into the meaning of farm sustainability for farms in Ontario and Canada and how this differs from farms in other parts of the world. Over time, we're going to explore many aspects of sustainability, including nutrient management, soil health, biodiversity, land use, pest management, organic and alternative agriculture, tillage, and many other topics. So we want to go beyond the headlines, beyond our often cartoon versions of what agriculture is, and get into more substantive uh, discussions about the the, uh, real topics. We want to challenge people's thinking. So today we're going to talk generally about what farm sustainability is and how it can be assessed or measured. And next time we're going to bring that thinking home to Ontario and Canada and how it might be applied to farms here. And obviously the sustainability concept links environmental, economic, and social sustainability, or in the short form is planet, people, profit. How do we think about sustainability? Do we assess sustainability for a farm or an entire food system, a supply chain, or a landscape or watershed, or, or all of those? How do we assess whether a particular farm or landscape is sustainable? What indicators or criteria do we use? How do words like organic, biodynamic, regenerative, conservation, integrated, or veganomic even fit into all this? Well, we'll explore those in other shows in the series. All this crazy terminology and jargon have led to uh, what Nick Betts calls sustainable. And we'll talk about about that when we interview uh, Nick a bit later in the show. Action on farm sustainability has become focused on the sustainable sourcing of food and products from the farm. And so this show is going to talk about that. Sustainable sourcing is about systems that ensure farms and businesses that food companies obtain their food and ingredients from meet certain sustainability criteria. 
So this might result in that logo on food packaging or in the food company's profile website or, or uh, annual reports. There are many different systems for sustainability assessment for uh, sourcing of food. And we're going to delve into one of those in particular today, the Sustainable Agriculture Initiative, when we talk to Nick Betts. But there are other competing systems, whether from individual companies, industry organizations, NGOs, or groups of stakeholders. So it's important to note that most of these sustainable sourcing systems do not increase revenues for farmers. In fact, they increase costs through the processing and so on but they are becoming necessary for gaining market access or even retaining market access, particularly for certain kinds of markets like the European food market. So let's start by going back to that general concept of farm sustainability to start us off. The state of agriculture differs between developed and developing countries and sustainable sourcing systems have to look at both of those situations so let's listen to a spokesperson for the uh, Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations to describe, in their terms, what s sustainable agriculture is. Agriculture is feeding the world's 7.3 billion people, but at an unbearable social and environmental cost. One third of the world's land is degraded, up to 75% of crop genetic diversity has been lost, and more than half of fish stocks are fully exploited. At the same time, about 800 million people are undernourished. How is FAO addressing these challenges? For us, for FAO, sustainable food in agriculture is something uh, that's one of the most important issues for food security, for nutrition, for improving livelihoods. We cannot keep the level of natural resource degradation that we have now. So this is unsustainable. We need actually to look at more adaptation and resilience to climate change. And also we need to increase productivity. So we are not just looking at the production, but also we need to consider the enhancement and the protection of the natural resources, basically the ecosystem services and biodiversity. The concept of, of sustainable food and agriculture also considers the improvement of livelihoods, well-being, and gender equity. So you can hear the FAO's perspective there, where they emphasize the need for increased production, as well as the usual people, planet, and profit, to feed the growing population of the world. And they also go on to talk about sustainable intensification of agriculture. So that's a global perspective. Let's now turn to another uh, source, a Canadian perspective from the Canadian Roundtable on Sustainable Beef. And you'll, as you'll hear in this clip, uh, this is a collection of stakeholders, including farmers and other stakeholders working through collaboratively what they can agree are criteria for sustainable practices to, to define the certification systems or, or assurance systems they're talking about. So listen to this. We have a number of different stakeholders who are part of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. That includes everybody from um, environmental organizations, animal care, agriculture and food business, retail and food service, and of course the beef producers, um, as they're the ones who are, are managing out there on the landscape. 
The Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef has three core areas of work. The first area is sustainability benchmarking. So looking at sustainability uh, comprehensively um, from the economic, environmental and social perspectives as to how is the Canadian beef industry performing and then setting strategies to continually advance that performance. The um, second core area of work is around building a verified sustainable beef supply chain here in Canada uh, to be able to um, truly verify that those outcomes are happening on those operations that choose to partake in a verification program. And the third core area of work is around projects, so sustainability projects that continually advance um, the sustainability of the Canadian beef sector. So to provide another perspective, let's go to uh, Syngenta CEO Eric Fierwald, and he'll provide what their perspective is on sustainability. So Syngenta is a large multinational seed and plant protection company based in Switzerland and sells farmers lots of products for their businesses and their production systems uh, around the world. Have a listen. I think it's really important that agriculture not only feeds the world, but also does it in a way that takes care of our planet. Farmers want to take care of their farms well. They want to feed their families. They want to feed their communities. They want to sell their products to make money, to educate their families. But they also care deeply about the environment. We as an industry and we as an agriculture food value chain need to work together to get wonderful, safe, affordable, healthy foods to consumers all over the world, but do it in a way that protects our planet. We realize that we, Syngenta, have to listen to farmers, food companies, food retailers, NGOs, and to government regulators in an open conversation about what really is sustainable agriculture. So you've heard a variety of perspectives on what sustainability is from different uh, stakeholders, and now we're going to talk in uh, some depth with Nick Betts uh, to, about all of these issues to delve more deeply into them. I'm here with uh, Nick Betts. Nick Betts uh, works for the Sustainable Agricultural Initiative, and we're going to talk about farm sustainability today and and. Nick's been working in this field for quite some time, and I'll start. We'll start off by uh, Nick, if we can get you to tell me a bit about yourself and your, a bit of your background, how you ended up working for Sustainable Agricultural Initiative, and uh, we'll talk more about the. And maybe the second part could be talking about the organization, and and we'll talk more about the uh, farm sustainability assessment stuff a bit later. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, Paul. Um, <clears throat> I kind of fell into this position. Uh, I started in, I did my undergrad in Guelph at, uh, in, in ecology, and uh, following that I got into agriculture because there were jobs in agriculture. I grew up in rural Ontario, and, but not on a farm. And uh, once I got involved with the Ontario Soil and Crop Improvement Association, um, I, I really figured out that there needed to be more work done on this, this, this confluence of environment and farming and, and consumers driven demand and sustainability really popped for me. So I did more schooling in, in sustainability and ended up with an MBA from a university in, in England, uh, Cumbria University, that has had an MBA focus on sustainability. 
And from there, I, I went up into uh, the Grain Farmers of Ontario working for in sustainable agriculture and really trying to work for, with the farmers on being able to understand and translate what sustainability means on-farm to the people who are buying our product and using our product. And then after spending some time with OMAFRA doing similar jobs, I'm now a recovering government employee, uh, working for myself, but uh, contracted mainly through this uh, SAI platform or SAI platform, uh, where I, I represent them in m- many, many of their product, projects and North American and South American work. So the SAI platform itself is a, it's an organization, it's an NGO made up of companies, food and drink companies, everything from farm cooperatives through the supply chain to retailers and end users, uh, including big brands. Uh, some of our name brands you'll see on the shelves all over Canada and everywhere around the world. Uh, we have about 110 members that pay annual dues or fees to us. And um, part of that role that we do then is to harness the collaborative power of those members to really spread widespread adoption of sustainability practices on farm. So we deal with farm level sustainability only. It started, the initiative started 17 years ago. Uh, It's global in nature. Sustainability is not a particularly new concept. It's been around for you know, from the 80s, maybe from before you were born, right? And uh, so that idea of the three pillars, you know, people, profit, planet, or social, environmental, and economic is not particularly new. And so that you've been involved in this for a while, and it's now kind of come to how it applies to food and farming. So maybe you can talk about how you see or how your organization and, and how you see the definitions of sustainability, what they are and how it applies to agriculture and how you may have seen that evolve over the last number of years. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. So, I mean, in, in Canada, sustainability on the farm is really largely suited to the environment. Um, because we have a very regulated social system, when people think of sustainability and farming in Canada and Ontario, it's really focused on the environment, soil quality, water quality, air quality. Um, but in, in actual sense, those that factor, the environmental quality piece of sustainability is just one of those three um, pillars, as you mentioned, or like I, I tried to refer to them as spheres because they're all overlapping. They're not, they're never mm-hmm. independent from each other. Uh, so there's a social aspect to that. There's an economic aspect to that for the farm and the community. Uh, and then the environmental aspect. So the challenge we have today, and it's growing more and more from the time I started in this, is that we have what we call uh, sustainable. And, uh, uh, <laughs> I like it, I like it. <laughs> so Robert Engelman, I, I can't say I coined the phrase, Robert Engelman did, and, and he said that uh, we live in an age of sustainable, which is a cacophonous perfusion of the term <laughs> sustainable to mean everything from environmentally better to cool. <laughs> and uh, and it's not I, as a as a sustainability nerd. It's, uh, that, that's horrible. That's 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 the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. Um, so w- how I like to see sustainability and how um, the side platform really functions is that sustainability is this value laden umbrella, in the sense that it's this overarching umbrella that has all of these different aspects and pillars or features underneath it, whether it's soil quality or workers' safety or um, economic performance of the farm or market diversity, all of these things interrelate with each other. And it's a very complex interface. 
And it, it's that interface between the human environment and the um, society and then the natural environment that's not easy to grasp, which is why we have that sustained babble, that cacophonous yeah. profusion of the term. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so when you, you say that from a Canadian perspective, it's mostly focused on the environment, mm-hmm. and, but it, from a global perspective... In, in other, I guess what we're trying to get trying to get at is the differences between what it means in different parts of the world. Right. So the the social side may be different, uh, more important in the developing world, for example. Right. Yeah. So we have we have. I mean, as Canadians, we eat a lot of food from Asia and Africa and South America, where they don't have the social systems or the social framework in place that we have. And in those situations, the biggest sustainability hurdles, or the probably the most the highest priority issues, are probably social. Um, because if you don't fish, fix the social issues, nobody's going to ever care about the environmental issues. Um, if I'm a farmer, I, if I can't feed my family, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to prioritize the the creek or the watershed based health over mm-hmm. that of my two year old son. So. Sustainability has is be, is become focused on the sustainable sourcing thing right. and, and being a market-driven piece, but it, it wasn't always so, right? <laughs> so when we talked about, uh, there's different ways of looking at it, right? You can look at landscape, you know, if you're in an ag landscape, sustainability or provincial or national scale, mm-hmm. uh, the entire food system, sustainability, you can do that kind of assessment or... Individual businesses is what we've seemed to have ended up with, right? But maybe there's an interplay between all of these. So those the agri environmental indicators or sustainability metrics that was one attempt to look at sustainability on a national scale for the agricultural industry, mm-hmm. um, and then you have crop sustainability systems, right. beef, dairy, other commodities, and then what you folks are doing is kind of the overarching one mm-hmm. too. So this is a lot of complexity, right? And so you got individual retailers will have their systems too, right? Exactly. So maybe you can talk about, about those different pro- approaches and how they fit together or not, mm-hmm. right? And, and maybe they're conflicting in, in... Yeah, and I mean, when it comes down to it, sustainability is a public good. It has to do with, with the public good. So government, in all respects, could and should, in my opinion, be a leader in this. Um, the challenge is the marketplace and farmer, farm buyers, people who are buying things from a farm, can, can modulate their systems far faster than, than the government can, can change that giant, that giant boat that is the government to face in a different direction. So I think that's why it's been taken up by the, by the industry is because they can move across governments. They can, they can be more, a little more agile than, than governments have the ability to be. Um, all the work that's been done in Canada on the metrics and the indicators is probably one of the best foundations in globally from a national level that we have. That's looking at European countries, the U.S., other countries as well. Um, it's an incredible piece of work that our system is built on, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, but but from there, it's we have all the companies that are trying to sell things to consumers. And when you sell things to consumers, you want to differentiate yourself from the competition. So I want my farmers to do something better than your farmers. Uh, And that causes a problem for a farmer because probably then those two systems are different. And as a farmer, if I want to diversify my income and become or have the ability to, I probably have to do now two sets of work instead of one. 
so largely those schemes are competitive. And that's one of the reasons why the Sustainable Agriculture Initiative started was three of the biggest food companies globally 17 years ago, um, Danone, Nestle and Unilever got together and said, we can all do this separately or we can try to speak with one voice to the farmer and still have our own schemes that were systems that we deal with. But from us to a farmer, business to business, when we're talking through our supply chain, we're going to ask the same things. Sustainability is going to mean the same thing. There are different systems. So how does SAI, I mean, there's competing certification systems, right? Mm -hmm. So the states have one, what is it? Uh, farm Field to market. Field to market, which seems to be the predominant model. Mm -hmm. And then Canada doesn't really have one yet, but potentially it's the Sustainable Agricultural Initiative one. Mm -hmm. And Europe has at least one. <laughs> so... This is kind of the part of the confusion, right? Exactly. And, and uh, so, how do you see that evolving? I know you're an advocate for one in mm -hmm. particular, but how do you, see, have you how have you seen that evolve in the last few years? And yeah, uh, well, personally and professionally, I'm actually not an advocate for any of them. I think I think uh, the reason why they exist is because we don't trust through the supply chain anymore. So when people lived on farm and you ate on the farm and your food came from your neighbors, you trusted what food was grown. As we become an increasingly less agrarian society globally, um, society moves further and further away from the farm. We need to do something to build that trust that was tacitly there in the past. Mm, interesting. Uh, yeah. And certifications, verifications, standardization, that's what we've done to try to accomplish that. We've tried to say, you should mm. still trust us like you did 200 years ago. So like an antidote for the shrinking amount of the population that's involved in food and agriculture it really is yeah so you can't we're so divorced from it now that this is a legalistic if you like or a rules-based approach to kind of building the trust again it really is i mean yeah. if i buy a chocolate bar i don't know where that cocoa is made i don't know mm -hmm. um i mean if i'm a general consumer i don't know where it's made i don't know where how it's even grown or picked mm -hmm. maybe um so why would I trust that it's done effectively if I know yeah. absolutely nothing about the system? So, so that's why certifications, and if you look in the grocery store, um, our certifications around food are typically around the more complex systems or things we don't know a lot about. Mm -hmm. So um, processed fish or tea or coffee or cocoa or um, different forestry products. Mm -hmm. um, people don't even know how their toilet paper is made. So why would we trust that it's done responsibly way back down the line and one of the other things we were talking about a bit earlier is the consumer versus the investor mm -hmm. and that's maybe you can talk a bit about that because i think that's the important part is uh, most people i think the average person would would think this is all about the consumer right so you're trying to pr mm -hmm. have a sticker on the on the box that will let them ease their mind when they buy something right and so you were saying that it's actually more about the investor than about the consumer. But there's obviously an interaction. There's, yeah, it's a very complex interaction yeah. um, where you have, you have, a, have a corporation, essentially. You have um, investors and you have consumers. Very simplified. Um, they all relate to each other. But the company really re requires those investors to be able to sell something to the consumers. So uh, when it comes down to why they make decisions for sustainability, it usually has to do predominantly with de-risking the organization for the investor. So an example would be 
um, like we talked earlier, with if there was a, a labor issue with a supply chain, if there was child labor or bonded labor, forced labor that was found in a supply chain of company ABC, uh, their stock would plummet if that went through the news. People, many people would still buy that product because they don't listen to the news. But the people who are trading their stock on on Wall Street, on in in London, in in Asia, um, would sell. And if their stock price drops, a lot of people either lose their jobs or don't get paid, or something happens in a in a in a mm-hmm. macroeconomic perspective that is bad for that organization. <laughs> so when we're talking about a company doing something, if they know that there's a potential for this kind of labor issue in their supply chain, uh, they want to address it. And they don't want to address it necessarily because it's, um, well, we just have to do it. But they know that there is an intrinsic good thing for addressing it. But two, they need to address it so that that risk doesn't exist. And this comes back to that system I mentioned earlier where a farmer needs to make money and have a good livelihood. The better that livelihood the more they're going to sell to the people who they're selling a product to, the more sustainable that company will be. So it all flows yeah. back to the farmer. Yeah. So maybe let's pick up on that point about the food activism and the marketplace mm. and the companies. And so as we are just talking a little bit about uh, that it is the food activism that is sort of the backdrop for driving food companies to buy into a system like you're uh, developing. Uh, so maybe you just talk a bit about how that works from the, from your perspective, how the companies are influenced. And, and So it, 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 the members of our, our, our of Sci platform are really, um, they're the, they're our, they're our clients. Um, just like any other client I have outside of the Sci platform work that I do, uh, they they're the ones that get to try to make sense of of the background noise or static and that static includes the investors that static includes uh, market costs of products and ingredients they're trying to source it includes the the food activists like you mentioned um and they all play a role in in trying to figure out what the consumer is going to buy from a market perspective but also what they can source so so being able to maintain a source on a product is very important. So it's it's a different spin on um, the way the way people see the big these quote big bad companies. Um, I like I, I work with really good people in these companies that try to are actually trying to make good solid change with farmers and and doing a really good job of it. Thank you for listening to Food Farm Talk here on uh, CFRU ninety three point three FM in Guelph, Ontario, Canada. You've heard a variety of perspectives on farm sustainability and on, more specifically, on sustainable sourcing. So I hope you've learned something, and I certainly did. Uh, Thanks for listening. The next show in the series will look at how these sorts of sustainable sourcing systems could be used in Ontario, uh, like the Sustainable Agriculture Initiative's Farm Sustainability Assessment Tool and how it might link with Environmental Farm Plan, a tool that's more familiar to Ontario farmers. So I'd just like to end by thanking Nick Betts, who gave his time to uh, be interviewed for this. He's a very knowledgeable guy. 
And also thank Abdul and Emily, who are the regular hosts of Food Farm Talk, for uh, letting me join their team. And to Cameron, who's also uh, joining our the Food Farm Talk uh, team as a guest host like myself. So until next time, thanks very much. Thank you for listening to Food Farm Talk. See you next week for another exciting edition.